Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu. Which means in the name of God, most gracious, most merciful. I bear witness that there is no god but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. Alhamdulillah. Thank you. Thank you, sister, for your kind words and, and insight. And inshallah, I'll be able to build upon what you've shared with us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Hasna, for giving me another opportunity to be before you. And thank you, Maheen, for reminding me in my bio that, that I was first drawn to Islam by Malcolm X, and today is the birthday of Malcolm X. So, alhamdulillah. So, we are a few days shy of the blessed month of Ramadan. Next week, right, we're counting down. As my friend Abrafi says, Ramadan comes soon. <laughs> so I thought I would share with you some thoughts that I'm calling a Ramadan survival strategy, okay? And this is for me, but I'm gonna share it with all of you in hopes that maybe it'll help you too in terms of the coming month and how we can best benefit from that. So I'm going to start by reciting a few ayats from a surah 84, which is a surah called, a surah called In Shakak. And I'm going to say it in English. They're very short ayats, but it's ayat 16 to 19, uh, surah 84. And I, I reflect on this often, so I wanted to share it with you. It says, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. So do I call to witness the ruddy glow of sunset, the night and its homing, the moon and its fullness. You will surely travel from stage to stage. So let me share a story about myself. When I converted to Islam many years ago, the month of Ramadan was in December. A month, as you all know, that has the shortest days of the year. So for our interfaith sisters, we fast from sundown to sunset. So December is a great benefit because the sun sets around 4.30 or 5 o'clock. So now, <laughs> We're facing a Ramadan month that's a lot longer, much longer than, than what we're going to be facing this time of year when the sun doesn't go down until after 8 o'clock. But back then, even with the shorter day, I could not quite fast to the end of the day. I'm sure I'm the only one that's like that, right? <laughs> so I have a confession. This is my first Ramadan, right? Often around 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I would sneak and eat a cookie. Or I would open the refrigerator and I would nibble on some leftovers in the refrigerator, right? I did this without anyone seeing me, as far as I knew, right? No one knew I had broken my fast, right? I just couldn't make it to the end of the day, even though it was only a couple of hours, a couple hours to go. And it was cool, it wasn't summer like it is now, it was cool, right? So, let me tell you what happened. 
as the time went on, and we're talking as years now are coming on, it actually became easier for me. I grew closer to the community of Muslims who were fasting, and that was a great help. I felt connected to them. And I just got to the point where I didn't feel right going to an iftar and eating a date to break my fast, knowing that I had already broken my fast by eating a cookie. It was getting to me. So, but even as the days were getting longer, I was found myself, I was able to fast. So I was beginning to make it. So the, the community was, it was, it was the peer pressure, it was positive peer pressure that I was in, in this community and I wanted to be part of it so I was able to do the fast. So the community gave me the discipline to continue. But I learned also that the physical fasting, when you abstain from food and drink, is really only part of what we're trying to do here in the fast. The harder part is that spiritual part. So let me read to you the other part that we often hear during Ramadan from the second surah that talks about why we fast. And I know you've all heard this. It says, O ye who believe, fasting is prescribed to you as it was prescribed, you know, like a physician prescribes medicine or like our sister was talking about, the remedies that Allah draws our attention to, the remedies that are given to us. So fasting is prescribed to you as it was prescribed to those before you that you may learn self-restraint. So clearly the food and drink part, that's self-restraint. But the spiritual part of fasting is much more difficult because it requires us to do self-examination of our contact, what the sister was talking about. We're, look, we're more aware of what we're, what we're doing. Not just can we control our appetites, can we control our temper, can we control our bad impulses, our bad habits, can we control our tongues from negativity, from sarcasm, from snide remarks that are hurtful, that is the deeper benefit of the fast. So if we can fast in that way, we will be stronger. But this level of fasting requires us to be much more self-aware, as I said. We have to be very self-conscious of our actions and what we're doing during Ramadan. So it's not just about the stomach and the thirst and the cookies. <laughs> okay. So for me, Ramadan is not a punishment. It's really an opportunity for self-growth. But I still struggle. I'm human, right? Ramadan is a challenge. I know it's not a challenge for any of you, right? You got it down, right? It's a challenge, right? And so I'm going to share this with you because maybe you're, you're thinking the way I am. Maybe you're thinking that this fasting business is just too hard. I've just got too much stuff to deal with right now. I just, I can't do it. Maybe you're a new convert and you've never completed a full day of fasting, let alone 30 days. 
in the summer. <laughs> or maybe you were raised in a Muslim country where it was much easier to fast because everyone's doing it and there's that all that really positive peer pressure. So we have all these issues going on. There's a lot of stuff going on. And it's 2017 and it seems like everything is challenging. There's upheaval, serious upheaval and instability everywhere. You know, I'm feeling it personally. You might be experiencing this too on a personal level. You might be going through issues with your family, with your children. You might have suffered losses. You might be having physical health problems and challenges. You might be experiencing financial challenges. And then on top of all this, there's this global stuff going on. There's this stuff in Washington. There's political upheaval of, on a scale that we haven't experienced before. It's like we woke up one day and the whole world's upside down. Is anyone else feeling like that? Okay. And now Ramadan is here. <laughs> the blessed guest. Oh, joy, you know? We're, we're so happy. It's great. It's going to be Ramadan. And it's like, okay, but let's be honest. On the other hand, we know what Ramadan often entails for us as women. There's more cooking for iftars. There's more responsibility. You're dealing with special stuff, people, visitors, whatever. You got kids. You got cranky family members. Maybe you're cranky yourself. And you're not getting enough sleep. So, right, you know, it's, it's just joy, but there's this other side. So we need... Um, a Ramadan survival strategy. I know I do, so I'm going to share with you what mine is so that we can really reap the benefits of this month without uh, losing our minds, right? And all that stuff. So in the second part of the kutbah, I'll tell you what I'm planning to do, and maybe it'll help you too. I say what I've said. May Allah forgive us all. Okay, so here is my Ramadan survival strategy. If it is a benefit to you, alhamdulillah. But I ask Allah's forgiveness for anything that I say that may be misleading or cause any of you harm in any way, spiritually, physically, whatever. So here's three steps that I'm going to do, inshallah, during Ramadan. Number one, I will focus on the spiritual part of the fast. I will try to be more conscious of me and my conduct. I'm going to try to take a pause from all the chaos and upheaval and instability. I'm going to try to block it out. This doesn't mean that I will ignore the challenges that I am facing. We can't always stop all those other things in our lives, right? I will still have to, try to strive to overcome the challenges. But I have found that there is a difference between striving and stressing. Stressing is active and focused. Stressing or worrying is passive and it's unproductive. It's a waste of energy, which I will not have much of during Ramadan. So I'm going to try to get rid of the stress stuff. So I'm going to try to fast from stressing and worrying. It's not easy. 
But it's a goal. So I'm going to try to take advantage of that. So that's number one, the spiritual fast part. And all the other things that I talked about, right conduct and guarding my tongue and all those things, okay? That's really hard. The second step is, if I'm really struggling with the physical fast, I'm going to be more generous with myself. Allah knows what's in our hearts. I will do what I can. It is better to try and not quite make it than to not try at all. If I can't fast the whole day, I will fast four hours or six hours or eight hours. And most importantly, at the same time, I can still continue the, the spiritual fast. So that's, that's what I'm going to try to do. And I want to be patient with myself. Fasting is like exercising a muscle. The more you do it, the stronger the muscle gets. But honestly, sometimes circumstances change. So for example, if I were a runner, and I was used to running when the temperature outside is 70 degrees, and then all of a sudden the, cha the temperature changes to 100 degrees, I have to alter my approach to running. I can keep running, but I gotta pivot. I gotta, I gotta make some, some adjustments. So, you know, it's just like fasting is, is like that too. I mean, when, you, when you're running, you're not gonna start running the marathon the first time you start running, right? You're gonna start working your way up. So I share that with for all of you that really struggle like I did with, with the fasting. So if the physical fast becomes a challenge for me, I'm going to work out a plan so that I can do what I can do and may Allah reward me for whatever I can do. So finally, number three, I remind myself and I remind you, as I mentioned in the beginning, we all travel from stage to stage. So do I call to witness the ruddy glow of sunset, the night and its homing, the moon in its fullness. We shall surely shop, we, we will surely travel from stage to stage. Every day, Allah is showing us there's this, this, this change. The sun comes up, the sun goes down, the moon comes up, the moon goes down. There's constant evolution in the natural world. Allah knows us. Allah knows our intentions. Allah knows exactly where we are and what we are dealing with. Allah knows when we are eating cookies. <laughs> but Allah also knows who we are today and who we will be tomorrow. So I repeat, you will surely travel from stage to stage. In a former stage, I was a Ramadan fast-breaking cookie eater. I confess, now I'm not. But Allah is still working on me, and he's moving me from stage to stage. And I pray that I won't go back to the cookie eating. But even if I do, I know that Allah is still working on me, and that's a stage. And Allah is doing the same for every one of you. We are traveling from stage to stage. So, as we prepare to enter this blessed month of Ramadan, let's look forward to
to the good things that will come out of it. So let us pray. Let us pray that this Ramadan, that Allah will help us to grow into our better selves. That we, will, that we will come out of the month stronger than when we entered it today. And may Allah reward us abundantly for all our efforts on the straight path. Ya Allah, we thank you for this rich and precious life. Ya Allah, we pray that you will send the angels on our right, on our left, before us, behind us, above us, and beneath us, and grant us all what will make us worthy of your mercy. Amin. Wa akami salat.